ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And Father, you are uh, um, on, not you're not on retreat. You're doing something for yep. somebody. I'm still uh, in Florida at uh, the Focus New Staff Training. It's five weeks of training that they have. I'm spending about two weeks, well, over two weeks with them, helping them uh, with some spiritual assistance as they train to go out to college campus. Good for you. So uh, today we're going to be talking about the Fortnite for Freedom. But before we get into the episode, as always, I want to encourage you to submit any questions you might have about something we discuss in today's episode. Um, Any questions you might have, ideas for future episodes, topics you'd like us to discuss on future episodes of Ignition. Uh, We love your feedback. We love getting questions, um, Q&A episodes, which we've done and we'll do again. Uh, Send any of those sorts of things our way. The best way to do that, email me, Chris. My email address is cbergwald at sfcatholic.org c-b-u-r-g-w-a-l-d at sfcatholic.org so father let's just jump right into the topic for today um the Fortnite for Freedom. Uh, this is something we, we're, we're celebrating. It's celebrated uh, this year and, and every year for the last couple of years from June 21st to July 4th. Um, and this is the third year that we've done this. This is, this is an initiative from um, the bishops of the United States uh, who gather together. Of course, the bishops, there's a bishops conference, the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. So every twice a year, um, the, the bishops of, the, of our country gather together uh, to discuss certain matters within the church and outside of the church, and uh, in many cases to take uh, common action uh, with regard to some of the issues at hand. And three years ago, in 2011, uh, the bishops decided that, that to call for this fortnight for freedom. So the context is that a variety of levels of government and law, um, it seems that our, our religious liberty, the first, the, the first freedom granted in the, the Bill of Rights, the First Amendment, granting religious liberty to all Americans, it seems that in a variety of ways, religious liberties of, of uh, Americans are being um, impinged upon, encroached upon, limited in, in a variety of ways. Uh, and, and so the bishops have asked us for the last three years now to to be attentive to these things, to pray about these things, and to take action uh, with regard to these these developments and activities. Um, so a variety of ways, it, the, the original, one of the, I don't know what the original context, but one of the, the, the primary origins or inspirations, if you will, for this was the contraceptive mandate as a part of the, the healthcare reform, uh, requiring that, that healthcare plans uh, provide contraception for all their members. And, and as, 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 uh, as a church, the, the, the church of course is, is is opposed to contraception, seeing it as a violation of human dignity, and and therefore uh, is not exactly inclined to offer uh, contraception uh, as part of its healthcare benefits to its employees. Um, but that that's just one one particular example among a number of things that led the bishops to to call for the celebration and observance of this fortnight for freedom again for for three years running now. Are there anything else in terms of, of background or context uh, that, that you think would be helpful for, pe- for people to know well, about? 
I think one thing as well would be uh, that there's been a movement uh, to exclude Catholic charitable organizations right. um, from uh, federal contracts. So that would be, uh, well, federal contracts that the church would well get money. Well, it's not contracts for money per se, but if the federal government handles uh, uh, refugee situations and uh, uh, charitable situations that they contract uh, uh non-governmental organizations such as the Catholic Church to do these things, and they're now restricting our access to those sorts of charitable opportunities because we don't toe their line about uh, a certain vision of human dignity and sexuality as they view it. Exactly. And in fact, the, the, the theme or the motto, if you will, for, for this year's Fortnite for Freedom is freedom to serve. So it's precisely the church's ability to serve those in need, which is being impacted by this encroachment upon religious liberty. Right. And there's another aspect in which, uh, in, in, where there's a concern that way, that the church has noticed a change in, in language and uh, American political circles. Of, instead of speaking of freedom of, of uh, freedom of religion, they're speaking of freedom of worship. Exactly. And religion encompasses the whole uh, action, whereas worship is more the limitation to assembling on Sunday or Saturday or Friday uh, to do one's worship. Uh, but religion is about the exterior practice of that faith, not just of the worship for one out of 168 hours. Right. So historically, the 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 the, the uh, United States government, going back against the Constitution as as amended by the Bill of Rights in particular, um, has recognized the rights of Americans to live out their faith in in a variety of ways publicly, um, and not just it's not just as as you were just saying, Father, not just a right to gather together privately uh, for for uh, to observe one's religious worship services. Yes. So, but. But the freedom to uh, freedom to serve as we're saying. Right, right. So that's sort of the background, the context. Now, Father, why what, June twenty? Okay, July fourth. Obviously, we we celebrate um, the the, um, the American independence, the 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 signing of the Declaration of Independence. Uh, sort of traditionally looked upon as, in a sense, the birthday of our of our country. But June twenty fourth. First of all, what's a fortnight? Uh, a fortnight is the night you spend in a fort. <laughs> what? Oh, that clears. Oh, that makes all the sense in the world now. Okay. What? Uh, a fortnight is a somewhat revolutionary phrase, harking back to revolutionary days. We walk 14 days. Yep. We're using that language from the era of the Revolutionary War. Right. So, so two weeks. It refers to two weeks. Um, so, why. <laughs> Fortnite for Freedom, June 21st to July 4th, what's, what's significant about these particular two weeks that the bishops chose to, to celebrate? Especially, again, I know July, 20, July 4th like, I get, but what's the relevance of June 21st and the days in between for this particular um, this issue? Well, there's some beautiful liturgical feasts that correspond, and that's why they chose this. I think the main thing, though, would be to end on the American Day of July 4th, which is? The Independence Day? Very good, yes. I said that already. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Have you been paying attention? Am I just talking here? <laughs> well, you are just talking. I am just talking. Sorry, I lost 
All right. Anyway, yes, Independence Day, July Fourth. Just, to, just it, repetition is the mother of something. So anyway. <laughs> mother what? Uh, oh yes. Yeah, so and then the Fourth of July, but then the other feasts in between. Yeah. Right, exactly. So sure don't, okay, they laughed at again. <laughs> so, <laughs> so so what is so what like what what feast are you talking about? What what it, in particular are we talking about that we celebrate? So the first one would be Saint Thomas More and Saint John Fisher, oh. who uh, were martyrs for the faith in England during the English Reformation under King Henry VIII. So who, who a little bit about both of them? So who were they respectively? Uh, John Fisher was a bishop. John Fisher was a bishop, and he was the only only bishop in England, I believe, who did not sign uh, what was called the Oath of Succession. Okay, so what's what? Can you explain that? The Oath of Succession was a statement uh, that all uh, bishops and clergy and other people in England had to sign, saying that the King of England, the Monarch of England, was in the head of the Church. Okay. So he, so all the I think that maybe maybe a couple hundred, certainly several dozen uh, Catholic bishops in England at the time, and he was, if not one of very few, and perhaps again maybe the only bishop who refused to sign this oath, saying that Henry the King or the the uh, the monarch was the head of the church. Right, and so they claim he was acting as a traitor in that way and executed him. We see that he was uh, acting in defense of the teaching of the papacy that the Holy Father in Rome is the true head of the Church throughout the world, and so, therefore, he was martyred for that teaching. So, yeah, we regard him as a martyr for standing up for the Church's teaching. So, all right, so that's that's Bishop Saint, uh, Bishop Saint uh, John Fisher. Who was Thomas More? Thomas More was a layman, a lawyer, uh, a patron saint to our own Bishop Paul Swain, who himself was a lawyer before his conversion. And he was at one time the Chancellor of England, which means he was basically the head lawyer of the realm. Right, right. And for, yeah. for Henry VIII. Yes, for Henry VIII himself and a friend of Henry VIII. And in fact, I think also, for going back just a moment, I think Bishop John Fisher had been, uh, that he instructed Henry when, when Henry was a, was a boy or a young man, taught him in the faith as well, I think. So both of them, both of these men were connected personally to Henry. So anyway, go ahead. And uh, so St. Thomas More himself also refused to sign uh, that oath of succession as well, that his face, his conscience, would not allow him uh, to uh, compromise and sign... Some people would say to him, oh, just sign it, and even if you don't believe it. Right, right. Yes. It's interesting, there's a movie on St. Thomas More called A Man for All Seasons. a brilliant movie, won Academy Awards uh, in its day in the 1960s. Right. But I believe there is a, uh, a, a complicit cardinal, a cardinal who sides with Henry VIII, basically, and he's the one, I think in the movie, is basically telling uh, St. Thomas More... Uh, hey, listen, go ahead, just sign it, even if you don't believe it, and just save your own skin. Yep. Right. I believe that uh, that character in the movie is played by Orson Welles. Oh, really? Okay. Yes, who himself uh, is uh, uh, a proponent of atheism, I believe. Yes. Yes. And so, interesting little casting there. Hmm. So, so he was also, as a result of his uh, refusal to sign... Uh, Martin. He was martyred, yes. Right. So, and, and, sorry, go ahead. Uh, and he, he himself was a husband, uh, a father. Uh, his wife wasn't martyred. His grown daughter was not martyred. 
but he was Vargas Anderson. Even some beautiful little correspondences of his uh, to his wife and children while uh, being imprisoned in the Tower of London before his execution. And, and I know that's that's particularly what what's so compelling and poignant to me. You know, his wife and his his I think daughter in particular, urging him. You know, I mean, <laughs> um, to 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 not persevere, persist in his stance uh, because they knew it, it would result in his his martyrdom, his beheading. Um, and yet, despite, I mean, despite his deep love for his wife um, and his children, uh, he his first love is for the Lord. And so he, he cannot, in good conscience, uh, be, he'd be denying the faith. And so he doesn't, and he's beheaded. There's a, a beautiful line from his uh, letters to his daughter, Meg, uh, can, I, can I quote it? Please. Oh, please. Okay. I will not mistrust him, him being God. I will not mistrust him, Meg, though I shall feel myself weakening and on the verge of being overcome with fear. I shall remember how St. Peter, at a blast of wind, began to sink because of his lack of faith. And I shall do as he did, call upon Christ and, pr- and pray to him for help. And then I trust he shall place his holy hand on me, and in the stormy seas, hold me up from drowning. Exactly. And if he permits me to play St. Peter further and to fall to the ground and to swear and forswear, may God our Lord in his tender mercy keep me from this and let me lose if it so happen and never win thereby. Mm. Finally, Margaret, I know this well, that without my fault, he will not let me be lost. I shall therefore with good hope commit myself wholly to him and if he permits me to perish for my faults, then I shall serve as praise for his justice. And in good faith, Meg, I trust that his tender pity shall keep my poor soul safe and make me commend his mercy. Wow. Yeah. What faith, huh? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, for you as a father, yep. imagine maybe writing that to your own daughter. Exactly, yep. So, so it's it's with these the fortnight begins it begins on the twenty first their feast of the twenty second but it's the vigil of their feast day um, that the fortnight begins with with these two men who who so powerfully witnessed to their faith and their right to freedom of of religious liberty freedom of conscience. So so, please. Oh, sorry, say that again. Providential timing got so close. Because that piece was on the calendar uh, before American Independence Day was even right. Tough. Right. So that's what. What other feasts fall within this fortnight that make it particularly uh, relevant to the topic? Well, Saint John the Baptist, the birth of Saint John the Baptist on July twenty fourth. And of course, because he also was martyred, because he he uh, he proclaimed uh, in a very bold, courageous way uh, the the indissolubility of marriage. And as we know from Scripture, um, Herod Antipas, uh, well, his wife in particular, didn't like that so much, and so John also uh, was beheaded for for his persistence in proclaiming the truth of 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 the faith boldly. Anybody else, feast-wise? Yes, St. Peter and St. Paul oh. on July 29th. <laughs> also, again, martyred for the faith. Yes, and uh, martyred by a uh, government. Yep, by the Roman Empire. 
So, so for all the all these martyrs, um, all of them put to death by the 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 the, the government authorities of their time. Um, this is the time, and then as you as as we mentioned, this concludes on Independence Day. This is the time in which um, the the bishops ask us to to be mindful of and and reflect on uh, and pray for and take action in appropriate ways to defend our right to religious liberty, our related religious freedom, our right our freedom to serve. Right. And so the Church asks for even some small signs of that religious freedom, such as uh, like the ringing of church bells on July 4th, which is a, a public sign of our faith, just a simple ringing of church bells. Right. And, and so, uh, sorry, go ahead. You have a comment on the church bells? No, no. And then, uh, and, and other actions as well to, to study our faith, to study religious freedom, to study uh, not just our faith, but American teaching, uh, American documents such as, uh, you mentioned, the First Amendment. Right, right. The, that Congress shall make no law that prohibits the establishment of religion. And, and that, all, we're, we're, that the, the, the bishops of the Church are asking for nothing more than what's always been recognized historically, right. this right to religious freedom. Correct. You are correct. Thank you. That's what I like to hear. So, Father, about 10 minutes left in this episode. This sort of is all, in a sense, introduction, uh, because we've, we haven't done an episode on the fortnight before. But there's some other issues that I know that particularly were, were striking to you this go-around, this year with the fortnight. Uh, what, what, it what is it that, you, that really has been compelling to you this year in this regard? Uh, well, um as a pastor of souls, the compelling thing for me is twofold. One, for America, uh, for my parishioners as Americans to understand their rights that they have in that way, uh, the freedom of religion, the practice of religion. I'm always trying to get them to practice it, period. And, and there's been that little tendency in American religion to think of the faith as personal, or excuse me, private, instead of personal. Right private something hidden from others, whereas personal, which is dear to me. Right. Uh, so I'm going to fight against that tendency. But also, uh, again, I mean, I think all people of goodwill, uh, regardless of where they stand on some of these issues that uh, maybe we're taking issue with, recognize that there is this growing uh, uh, vitriol, this growing um, uh, uh, venom in American public discussion. And there's this need for us as Catholics to want to be prepared for public discussions, and then uh, to be prepared both in terms of how to discuss and what to discuss. Okay, so say more about that. Well, uh, well, did, does that make sense or understand about the like growing venom in American public? Discourse? Well, yeah, I mean, we hear, and and maybe it's it, it probably has been worse at times before, but certainly these yeah. days, uh, partisanship and so on, and and there's a lot of heat, but not maybe maybe as much light uh, to use that 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 popular phrase in cool. American political the discourse. That have a duel, Is that Aaron Burr and uh, Alexander Hamilton. Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr, right? Yep. So I guess, we haven't had any duels lately. No duels. Pistols, I thought it's a good thing. And wasn't there Henry Clay? Wasn't there another? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're not there. That's good. No, we're not there. That's a good thing. But we don't want to get closer to that. No. 
and and certainly maybe not literally, but but the language and yeah, the level of bile, if you will, uh, the, in political discourse, there's the pretty high degree of animosity many times between people of different positions. Right, and also of um, even just like the use of some uh, political tools against. Um, uh, us, uh, political administrative tools might be used against us. And so maybe not, uh, we might not, um, have to worry about a duel like Aaron Burr and Alexander Hamilton, but then we might have to worry about maybe the denial of a building permit or something like that. Right, right. A more simpler, uh, 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 uh a more simpler, uh, or, uh, more su- obvious. More subtle. Yep. Yep. More subtle. Well, there's yep. no subtle. Subtle. Subterfuge. Yes. Okay. So, as Americans, as Catholics in America, we need to be uh, more confident and competent in how we go about such discussions. Right. And, and so, so how do we go about such discussions? Well, I think the first thing is to recognize that this, these discussions exist, and it's necessary to have them and to be prepared. And just even have that attitude. We can't go along thinking, "Oh, it's no big deal. It's just." You know, one political party views this, that party views that, we'll be fine. Right. So and I think that's to, to wake up in that sense. So, so being prepared to to speak up, you know, when maybe maybe you're at a Fourth of July party, and then somehow these, some of these issues get brought up, and to be to have informed yourself and then prayed for and have the courage to um, to to gently and yet boldly. Speak the truth into those conversations. Yes, very important to do that. And I th- so part of the, the the how there, I think, is an important thing because, again, speaking from my own experience, there have been times where I've really been convicted of the truth, and I want to come out with you know, you know, both barrels, guns blazing, and just you know, lay the hammer down and logic and argument and and uh, you know. Prove that you are wrong and I am right, and you're a moron and idiot if you don't come around and believe uh, what I'm telling you. That's not very effective, Father. No, no. But also to so not to avoid that ourselves, and to know how to deal with that when others yes. want to do too. Okay, so so it's maybe maybe we it's obvious to us that we shouldn't that that's not an effective rhetorical strategy. But how do we respond when somebody else is employing said strategy? Uh, well, first of all, uh, man, that's, it's hard because if someone's not willing to like live with us or deal in that, you just, I don't know how to get them to do it. By the top line, I mean, I really don't have a good answer. Yeah, I, I, I th- first of all, it just to, to pray for patience, to, to pray for peace in your own heart and mind, um, to, to not, because again, I think the natural, when we're attacked, we want to counterattack, uh, fight right. or flight fight sort or of flight. thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you we can't, can't really, we can't. So, say again? You can talk. Okay, thank well, you. I jinxed you. You can't talk for this. Oh. oh, wow. Um, but, but that's what we can't, we can't, we shouldn't run away. We need to speak, and yet we don't fight back. We, we have to, um, you know, <laughs> take it in a sense, but then respond in a kind, charitable, and patient way. And Father, I think one of the most, when somebody is maybe being more, I mean, 
if, if they're not open at all, if, if they're just being completely belligerent, then there's probably not too much hope that this conversation is going to be helpful. But if they're just, you know, getting worked up, and but there is an, an openness to, to, to a real conversation, I think oftentimes asking questions is, is a great rhetorical strategy. Well, you know, well, tell me more about what you think, and well, why don't you think that the Catholic Church should have the... Well, and isn't this what, 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 what uh, the, the, um, the patriots fought for, the, the freedoms that they, that they fought for in, in the, the Revolutionary War and so on? You know, trying to get them cause to, to, to articulate more their ideas, to me, is, is oftentimes an effective strategy in a situation like that. Yes. Um, uh, to, to be patient, to take that. Yeah, it's good. It's good. We just need to have those to be for wits. Yeah. Yep, because oftentimes, and this I remember this, this is quite some time, maybe over a year ago, probably we we uh, we did an episode um, on a book by the sociologist Christian Smith, talking about um, basically the millennials and their inability, and I don't think it's unique to millennials. I think it's an American phenomenon, our inability to articulate our our, our moral beliefs in a coherent fashion. Um, we we to succumb to what some people call. Um, emotivism where there is it well it's just because uh that's what we do you know i mean we can't articulate our moral beliefs and oftentimes there is no there's no foundation to articulate uh, and i think that's part of the problem here is people just you know sort of you know say spout off these you know little platitudes but there's no real oftentimes there's not a lot of of, of thought that's gone into them th- as a foundation right and or you know we we don't want to make someone feel bad Right, right. We don't want. To. So, how do we do that, though? How how can I speak something without offending somebody? Well, you can't control how they feel about it. Right, right. You can do your best to say it, but you can't control how they feel about it. And so, you just have to accept the fact that sometimes, if you say the truth, you say the truth gently and lovely. They might feel upset. Yeah, and and again, I mean, praying, praying for your peace of mind, peace of heart in the midst of it. Praying for that person that they be open, uh, that that you say the words the Lord wants you to say, and that they're open to receiving them. I think is is an important thing. Very important. So, Father, a couple minutes to go. Any any other thoughts on this whole the fortnight for freedom? Uh, things to take away. Uh-huh. Well, the way I think is to, to pay attention. If you haven't paid attention to it, maybe you thought it's much ado about nothing. Uh, maybe you thought it's been the bishops just wanted to make something happen in a very boring time of year. It's not. It is something important. It is something we need to pay attention to as Catholics and and to and to really start speaking and thinking more about it and engaging our peers on it in a gentle and inviting way. Right. That make them want to talk about it, think about it. Yep. And you can. Um uh, there's some great resources on the internet, of course. Uh, if you just uh, do an internet search for Fortnite for Freedom, um, you, the the first few results will send you to uh, the the website for the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. So I'd encourage you to go um, go to those websites, go to other uh, solid Catholic websites, and you can find all sorts of information, um, tips, ideas, prayers. Uh, that you can use uh, to to educate yourself and to pray for for the situation. And that's uh, a great way to do that, just to, to, to be educated, be prepared. And that's that's one of the great things about the information age. Yeah, that there, yeah. With this, this for most of us, uh, this knowledge, these resources are available right at our fingertips, even at our thumbs. In the case of some, <laughs> if you type that slowly. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
The other thing, too, is to make sure we count uh, the power of prayer. Yep. And it's regard that we don't think it's just solely acts of, uh, that it's, that's solely just going to be like maybe political acts or public acts, which will protect and maintain uh, your freedom uh, in uh, American culture, but it's also prayer. Exactly. So, so pray for the right to religious freedom and that it's maintained. And with that, we'll wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, email address to contact me, cbergwald at sfcatholic.org. You can find this and all past episodes of Ignition online at the diocesan website, sfcatholic.org. Look for the media files and then the audio files within there. You'll find this and all the past episodes of Ignition. Until next time, dear listeners, Almighty God bless you, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.